welcome. We're back in session with your host Jay of What's Going On, a social studies network podcast. Now let's get into it. It is your host, Jay, of What's Going On, a Social Studies Network podcast. And today we have... Seth Brady. Please introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself. Um, I'm Seth Brady. I'm a social studies teacher at Naperville Central High School. Okay, I love that. Very short, sweet, to the point. We can get into the nitty-gritty of things. Um, <laughs> you know, because I've been, we've been hustling about you being in this chair right now so i'm super excited <laughs> well i mean i've been teaching this is year 20 um i teach like mostly like cultural classes so i've taught anthropology i've taught comparative religions peace and conflict studies world cultures um and i teach a capstone class okay so then you family of three how's that so oh, i love that it. family of three yeah. children love children um well some of them are my age but anyway <laughs> um you, you should love them still yeah you should love this next question that i'm going to ask based on everything that you just said so with the point that you're at now what do you think about social studies now versus what you thought about before you got to this point yeah so i i, I had a feeling you're going to ask that question um so i think like i'll answer it like from like a teacher's perspective mm -hmm. like i think when i started teaching i thought about social studies as really you know sort of like teaching students about different parts of the world or mm -hmm. different religions or political systems or historical periods. And now I've come to really think about it as like, how do you um, set students free mm. to become action takers and change makers in their world, right? Like affecting the things that affect them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a, yeah, big, big change and more, much more student driven than you know, it being about me and how I teach a particular class. Mm -hmm. Okay. You said a lot of good things. I think that one thing that I want to focus on is setting your students free because, yeah. you know, I'm going into teaching very young, very new at this. And so what, like over the span of years that you have been teaching, what have you been learning about yourself as not only a teacher, but as a person to go forth and start setting your students free? Yeah, I, that 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 is a that's a tough thing to like really quantify. I think like the, you know, like the the big picture. I think I've learned over time, right? Is like, it's not about me, mm -hmm. right? And when you bring down that ego, the paradox is like, you get so much more mm -hmm. than when you try to control things. Um, I think like, and I guess in another sense, like there are sort of two strands one deals with um community and how to really honor the human beings that are in your classroom mm -hmm. and i came to, to some of that 
slowly um, with restorative practice and mm -hmm. um, peace circle practice. Um, and then the other piece I think is like just really, um, you know, there is an absolute art and science to like actually setting students free, right? It, mm -hmm. Setting students free is not just do whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, so So figuring that out is something that has taken me, you know, took me 15 years to, to get there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that is, that's beautiful. Um, so I'm just thinking about like the ways and like you talked about community, which your students talked a lot about, like they are clearly vulnerable with each other. They've clearly built trust with each other. And in what ways have you taken the factors inside of your classroom and their lives outside of the classroom to foster that trust for them to be able to be vulnerable and have that community that so many of them talked about? Yeah, I, I think like the, and I, I hope I'm going to answer your question here, but follow up if I don't. Um, one of the things that I think I've been able to do in, in most of the classes I teach is start the the process of so, social studies with the person mm. with their experience mm -hmm. right where where are you coming from and how does where your your experiences your background really um center the the type of social studies you want to do the types of questions mm -hmm. you want to to ask and answer um one of the things that i think is so often true of um, you know, the social studies that I, I taught before was, it was a static social studies, right? It was focusing on another time or another place that seemed to be frozen. Hmm. And I think when, when, um, when I figured out how to orient social studies education to um, students and their concerns and their lives, um, that's, that social studies became alive and meaningful and um, um, really uh, became lessons mm -hmm. um, about how students can affect change in their in their own lives and in their communities. Mm -hmm. As um, you know, I've been going through that. Like as I've been in my observations and things, what does it mean to let my ego go? Because also too, I'm in the process of like I'm a student at the same time that I am a teacher, and so we've been talking about the ideas of. What does it mean to center your students and decenter yourself? That does not mean that you as the teacher is invalid in your classroom. That does not mean that you as an educator is invalid in the process. But so often we want results because we want to keep our job. We want results because we have a quota to fill within our different districts. And so I think it's important what you're talking about, about learning how to like put that ego aside and stop thinking about the teacher outcome or how am I gonna be viewed as an educator in the classroom or when is my next paycheck gonna come in? Because what are my students worrying about? How are they thinking about being perceived in the ways that I'm teaching them? And I think what you said about social studies being stagnant, I think I got like a very good social studies education in high school but in middle school, I feel like I kept learning about the same thing over and over and over again. Like if we were learning about black history, it was like cop picking cotton. Oh, and then we moved on to Rosa Parks and Dr. King. And then yay, freedom. We went from ships from Africa all the way to the United States. And we went from here to here. And now look at you being able to learn and be in the classroom. And it's like, huh, I could say all of these things about Rosa Parks sat on the bus 
Dr. King had a dream, Malcolm X was quote unquote violent, but it's like, why are we learning these same things over and over again? And what is that hiding from the bigger picture within what we're trying to learn and what we're trying to teach? And I think that's bringing me to another question about like the way that you try to decenter yourself and the way that you try to put your students first while also like setting boundaries and you know, for them so that way they don't just have, you know, a, a unset or unclear path for them. How do you think your students see you as a teacher? You have your ideas about how they see you, but how do you think they will answer that question? Yeah, I mean, it, but before I answer that, can I say a little bit about what you just said? Of course. Yeah, so, so like as you were talking, I was thinking about like, you know, you being a new teacher mm -hmm. and um, not that you need advice to me because you're plenty, <laughs> plenty competent, right? But like, what would I say to say myself as a new teacher? Like, could could I convince myself to do this the, mm -hmm. the way I teach now? And I think like, you're right. Like so much of, especially like an early teacher, the way we are being judged is on very traditional mm -hmm. um, banking models of education, right? Like, can you remember these things? Can you reproduce those things? And that becomes like part, it became for me, like how I measured my own self too, right? Mm -hmm. How students are doing on these tests, which are primarily were memory-based, although there's some application. That That is how I thought of my teaching and, and myself. And I think like the, 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 um, really like difficult part of that or the maybe the problematic part of that is um if students if students aren't positioned as agents right mm -hmm. they are they are the default is they're taking in what someone else thinks is important and and learning in a way that that is as we said before like stagnant so to it's a real tension between like wanting to be competent as a new teacher and measuring up to like what competency is in other people's eyes and then knowing in your heart what it is to like set students free mm -hmm. and really working through that like because you need a job you need to get tenure right yeah um but how do you stay true to like your values and um what and, and really like you said like centering students and not yourself and i think that's a it's a real tension and and maybe something that like has to be worked worked through mm -hmm. um but i think there are ways you know some of the things with i3 that we've been doing right there are ways that you can work through that right mm -hmm. so like you mentioned you know dr king right mm -hmm. and rather than than you know only talking about what happened um reframing that in a way to say like um you know um how can the the lessons of dr king right mm -hmm. you could note them in a particular text or whatever uh be used to address x mm -hmm. in your life right now right so um th those lessons those um that history now becomes part of your present right mm -hmm. and you can address those things right and that the that teaching now becomes meaningful to you and connected to you and that history intersects with with who you are now um so i think there are ways to do that even even with all those other challenges and being judged etc mm -hmm. um you're gonna have to remind me of the the original question because i went way off track no, no no that was perfect no i think that was great and i'm most definitely going to come back to those points but 
the idea that you have your own idea about how your students see you, how do you think that would differ if I was to ask the students, how do they see you? Um, that, I mean, that, I think they mostly see me the way um, I think they see me, but I think there's also like a lot of like nuance, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I think I'm an idealist and an optimist and I like to see things better than they really are. Mm -hmm. um, but I, but I, but I think they, you know, in some ways, like relationships, well, relationships in general, especially, you know, something like you probably study already, like that's the core of what we do as teachers, right? If you're not going to focus on relationship, what is the point? Mm -hmm. And, and it, it, it took me a long time to be able to like say this out loud, but the truth is like it, it most of it is like, you need to love those students. Like they're your own children. Yeah. Right? And, and think about them in that context. And then other things mm -hmm. come easy. So like, do I feel like they'd say like, you know, like they might freak out a little, like when they say like, does Brady love you? But I think they would, you know, in the context of school and, yeah. and the, the, the love that a teacher can give to students, like I, I do in my heart, like believe that, that, that they feel loved and they mm -hmm. feel that. And it, I think it's mutual. Yeah. I love the idea that my students can leave a classroom. First of all, it feels so good. Save my students. Like, it's just such a nice feeling and experience to have. But even with my observation, like, the students were, like, a little bit sad that I was leaving. They're like, so who's going to replace you? Like, where are you going? And I'm like, I'm not coming back here. I'm going to another site to observe. And they're like, um, why? <laughs> and it was just nice to, like, get those cards, like, with those nice notes. Even, like, some of them gave me so many grievances. But... It was nice to go through that process with them because I feel like at some point they felt safe with me. They knew that I was not going to judge them. I was not going to police them. We were going to figure out a solution together. And I really enjoyed that. And I see that a lot, like between you and your students and how comfortable they were in the classroom, just like within this classroom, as soon as you step out the door is a very different atmosphere with the way that they interact with each other. I do want to go back to a point that you said it took you like a long time, like 15 years to get it right what contributed to taking so long to get it right and how are you still building upon those ideas now yeah when you were saying like they're giving you cards and feeling bad like i think even getting there for me took like two or three years right like when students at the beginning of the period started hanging around like where i was sitting i was like oh this is new like this is this is something right mm -hmm. um but I, I i think like the you know the the the, the broad answer to that is um, really about doing and reflecting and documenting how you did and doing it, making tweaks, making adjustments. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I talked a little bit about um, circle. And I think like in general, um, school as an institution is incredibly dehumanizing, yeah, right? Like definitely not to like, you know, bring, make this too philosophical. But when you think about like, you know, Foucault, right? Like mm -hmm. the state control is exerted on the body, right? Mm -hmm. So we are controlling students' bodies all the time, where they sit, how they sit, mm -hmm. when they can stand, when they can walk around, bells going from place yeah. to another, when they can like uh, um, go to the bathroom or, or, or you know, uh, deal with their bodies, right? Mm -hmm. So I think like um, part of my process of um, thinking about trust and and gaining that trust mm -hmm. was 
learning to figure out ways, not just to like myself trust them and like communicate that trust, but bring that trust, I guess, like alive, not just in speech, but in reality. So um, I taught summer school one time. Um, I taught summer school actually many times. Um, I was teaching American government class and I was reading this book and it was by like a religious studies uh, scholar. Um, and there's just one line in there that said, um, you know, the only true uh, democratic seating arrangement is a circle. That was it, right? Hmm. So I was like, hmm, I'm going to put this class in a circle and, and I'm going to try to sit there in that circle. This is before I knew anything about restorative justice circles or anything like that. And that that dynamic, that seating arrangement, and we were in desks then, so transformed things without any effort that I was like, this mm -hmm. is something here, right? They began to pass out papers on their own. Mm -hmm. They um, felt more responsibility. They engaged more. There was greater equality. So, and I was like physically at the same level too. So that later, that seating arrangement, you know, I learned like, oh, this isn't my own aha, right? There's a whole um, restorative um, uh, um, history there, right? Mm -hmm. That goes way back to all of our indigenous roots, right? Mm -hmm. It's the campfire, it's the um, kitchen table, it's all these places that we're in community as people. Uh, and then it became about like how to bring that community in, mm -hmm. into class. Um, and what I discovered was like, as you know, with circle, right? With essentially there's a talking piece and you pass this around always clockwise in my belief. Um, <laughs> and uh, what, what happened was the norm uh, became to speak mm -hmm. rather than a norm of not speaking. So once people like are in that circle and they begin to speak, uh, now that they've invested themselves in something, mm -hmm. they've, they've, be, they've become a collective vessel. And it, it's, for my taste originally, it's like pretty touchy feely, but the results were so impactful and so yeah. different. Whether you're talking about something personal or you're talking about a movie you just watched in class, like with Gandhi or whatever, yeah. Um, the things that would come forward and who they would come forward with, um, were so incredible, right? That I realized, like, if I don't do this, I'm wasting most of the brain power in this room, mm -hmm. um, and and squandering this opportunity to connect. Yeah, I love the idea that you when you talk about restorative justice, especially like within the way that you have set up your classroom, because I ask so much personality, because you have the circle, I think it's very important that they get the chance to see each other. Because I think that's also like part of the dehumanization is that they're staring at the back of people's heads. And I'm thinking like, if we even think of the concept of like Zoom, like school Zoom and or Zoom school, we're looking at screens, we're not even looking at each other, we're not able to be with each other in person and I think that is very cool the way that the way that you've changed the chemistry of the classroom has changed the chemistry and has changed the bond between the students but there was something that they said that I thought was very important to like what you also talked about when they said it was one you but it was multiples of them but they could lean on each other I think that shows like a great form of trust in you and that shows that like they know that you believe in them so much so to the point where they feel confident enough to support each other without you having to step in. And so like the two thing, the two questions that I have from there is how did you allow yourself to, you know, take backstage to let them be in that space of like independence, but also what did it take 
for you to build that vulnerability for them to like to understand that you believe in them in that way yeah um i so i i'm gonna answer it this way and you tell me if it's satisfying or not so when i when i first started teaching this capstone class mm -hmm. right which is totally independent and it's completely inquiry based mm -hmm. that was a dive into inquiry right like we had we had spent a couple years we meaning like a the teachers that form their own community and collective around um, creating global education opportunities for students or this program called Illinois Global Scholar. Mm -hmm. But when when it came down to it, um, like I was the teacher and I had to do it for the first time ever, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So when, when that class was set up, right, you realize like there's 15 indiv individual projects. So you can't teach the way that, mm. that I had been mm -hmm. become accustomed to. So I'd, I'd start calling students out in the hall to, for these individual conferences. And um, I'd hear laughing and giggling and, and goofing around. And I would, I, I really struggle with that because what we talked about yeah. before about how you're judged and even how I judge myself was, do I have an ordered classroom? Right. So <clears throat> um, letting go of that. And, mm -hmm. and I had uh, like a, reti a retired professor from ISU who helped us with Global Scholar, tremendously helped us. Mm -hmm. um, I'd call her and say like, this is happening. Like I, they're goofing around, whatever. And she'd be like, no, 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 just trust the process. Like you're going to yeah. be okay. Um, and I think like once I saw um, that they could be free and do way more incredible things than they would have done had I been micromanaging them. Mm -hmm. That um, allowed me to weirdly to like trust the process, which yeah. in turn trusts them. Um, mm -hmm. And I think like the other piece is like, um, I realized over time that the process that we all took to like, um, you know, build this program and um, approach a legislator and Mm -hmm. um, eventually pass a law and then build out this whole program was weirdly exactly the sort of thing we were asking them to do, right? Like yeah. do this inquiry, connect with experts, take action to affect change. And so like, I, I came to know, especially after that first year, and I'll say like that first year we were all in it together. Yeah. Like I had no idea this is going to work. Right. And so like the, 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 like, like I talked to all those students now still and they're they're out of college um but but because they went through it i knew everyone could mm -hmm. and i also knew the amazing heights to which students can and do go all the time mm -hmm. um and so like that the confidence they taught me to put in them mm -hmm. that is what i can give to students who like you know, I've got imposter syndrome or I can't do this. It's like, no, no, no. Like you have no idea how awesome you are, right? As a human yeah. and as a researcher and all these other things. Cause like, ultimately, like we're all winging it. We're just, we wing it better over time. Right? Yeah, um, definitely better over time. Yeah. Um, but no, I love the idea that you and your students, you guys are in the same place. And I love how all of your conversations have been connecting with each other about like that idea of your learning from each other and teaching each other at the same time. And I just love the idea of like, you had to be forced into that vulnerability, but trusting the process really allowed you and your students to connect and allowed them to connect to each other. 
And this was a very, very high opening, high opening experience for me as a teacher. And I think there we can leave it at that because you have said so many good things. But before we end, obviously, I'm going to ask, you know, what is something that you want the audience to take with them from our conversation? Um, gosh, my default with this kind of question would be like, you know, when truly like when you when you have the courage to to set students free, right, mm -hmm. and support them, right, towards this high bar, they will do amazing things. Students mm -hmm. always will rise to the occasion if you give them the agency uh, in the space space mm -hmm. to do it. I think from what you said, I'm going to say, trust the process, because that allows you to trust yourself and open up, which in turn allows you to trust the, trust the students and allows them to bring that trust back to you and allows them to have trust in each other and have a vulnerable and open space. Um, and so, and I think that's just a beautiful thing. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me because <laughs> this was a struggle getting here, but I really truly do appreciate having open conversations with other teachers as to who I want to be as a teacher. Yeah, thank, thank you because like hearing you express that made me realize like you you taught me something incredible in this conversation so i really appreciate it yay are you so happy that you sat down with me now yeah yeah of course <laughs> thank you for joining another episode of what's going on a social studies network podcast peace